Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real-life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today is the first part of a fabulous two-part series where we'll be talking all about the power of acquisitions for businesses to access exponential growth. Now, this is a topic that I'm really passionate about because I think it is such an amazing opportunity for businesses to access fast growth as an alternative to what can sometimes be the slow slog of organic growth. And I think it will be remiss of business owners and their management teams not to be thinking about the possibilities of acquisition as part of their growth strategy. So in order to talk about this topic in this two-part series, we have a panel headed by Simon Bedard of Exit Advisory and Nick Wormald of Grow Capital. So in this part one of the two-part series, we begin by diving into why business acquisition is a killer growth strategy. We share the alternative approaches to achieving growth and the reasons why acquisitions can create an extraordinary opportunity. We look at examples of where the strategy has delivered extraordinary returns and we reflect on what factors need to be considered in assessing the suitability of acquisition as a growth strategy. And then we also look at funding considerations, the cost of debt versus equity in funding approaches and further examples of stories where acquisitions have played a vital role in achieving substantial growth. So buckle in, here we go with part one of our two-part series all about why business acquisitions are a killer growth strategy. Fabulous, Simon and Nick. Welcome on board to the Deal Room podcast. I'm really excited to have you in this discussion today. Thanks for having us, Joe. Yeah, thanks, Joe. My absolute pleasure. Okay, why don't we why don't we kick it off by perhaps if um, you can both just give our listeners super quick overview of um, your background, why you're here talking about this topic today. Simon, over to you. Great. Uh, well, I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Exit Advisory Group. Um, so we very much focus on business sales and acquisitions. Um, we do a lot of advisory work in and around that from valuations to you know, helping people understand strategy and how to grow their business. Um, and I think there's a very big difference out there between sort of just growing your top line revenue and actually growing value. Um, so I think that's, that's certainly our passion. Yeah, yeah, love it. Okay, wonderful. And Nick, over to you. Yeah, thanks, Joe. My name's Nick Wormald and I'm the MD of Grow Capital. We're a business finance company and we, what we do is we help companies, uh, SMEs in particular in Australia, to, to grow through the right application of business finance. Same as Simon, we're looking at helping to grow businesses and, um, yes, yeah, that's why we're all here. 
Love it. Exactly. And I was just about to say that that's the point. That's why we're all here today. I think everyone who listens to this show will probably uh, know all about me and who I am. But if you don't know, if this is the first time listening to the Deal Room podcast, well, welcome on board. Welcome. We're excited to have you. Uh, my name's Joanna Oki. I'm the Managing Director of Aspect Legal and we're commercial lawyers and we specialize in driving great deals through business sales and acquisitions. And today we're talking um, about this concept concept of acquisition uh, for growth in organisations because we, um, all three of us, are really strong believers in the power of acquisitions for business in terms of giving them access to ways to find exponential growth within their business. Uh, most people who are listening to this business are involved either in the ownership or the running of a business and, and uh, you know, it's a hard game. Organic growth can be really hard. And so today we're talking about an uh, alternative to just doing the grind of uh, organic growth. And really, we're talking here about the opportunity in acquisitions. And one of the things that I like to say about acquisitions is it's the opportunity to add immense value to your business in one single signature. Of course, we all know it's not exactly that easy, but one signature really can make you more um, if you do it well than the grind in your business over years and years and years, maybe even decades. So like, let's kick into it. Um, maybe let's, we, let's start off with just discussing together why business acquisition is such a good strategy. Um, Simon, what's, what's your thoughts on why this is such a good strategy? Yeah, look, it's so interesting, Joe. I think for most business owners out there, if you ask them what they're trying to achieve, it'll be growth, right? Yeah. So growth in most people's mindsets. Um, growth to what purpose and what end is, is often where we start to have some more interesting questions and dialogue with them. But if we just stick with the growth concept for a moment, I mean, really, there are two ways you're going to grow a business. You're either going to build it or you're going to buy it. Yeah. Right? And, and that's in its most simplistic terms. Um, if you want to build it, as you said, do the organic route. You know, either option is all going to come down to risk and cost, right? Mm. So ultimately, if people have the time and they want to, you know, grow their business and they're willing to take that time, and they're willing to take a certain type of risk, organic can work, you know. But then, you know, if you want to go out there and hire marketing people and salespeople and and do a lots of spend in various different areas, you know, that once again, that carries its own level of risk. The reason I, I really like this concept of acquisitions is, Yes, you have to spend the money up front, but it's, that's just the difference between spending it over time on other areas. You know, you, as you said before, you can literally get through a deal and massively increase the size of your business. Um, you could get all sorts of complementary synergies out of a deal like that. And, and in some cases where you're actually buying out a competitor, you're actually reducing competition. So there's so many different avenues there. And if you're able to tap that funding and finance side of it, Acquisitions can just be a brilliant, brilliant strategy. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I um, sort of say, I have this perception that in um, in the US, for example, small businesses as a whole are more, uh, more inclined to look at acquisition as a growth strategy than I feel they are here in Australia. And I feel like there's a lot of, uh, there's perhaps a lack of knowledge um, a, about that. What do you think are the reasons businesses aren't out there, you, you know, there's not more small businesses using acquisition as a growth strategy. 
Yeah, look, uh, first of all, I agree with your comments about the US. I mean, I, I get over there a couple of times a year and I've got a lot of great friends and colleagues who do similar stuff to us. But it's, um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the maturity of the market over there. Um, it is a lot bigger. Um, I, I do think that culturally the US is is a little more little more entrepreneurial than most countries. Yeah. Um, so when you go over there, it's, there's much more of a sort of focus on the deal and the growth and there's a bit of hustle around it and it's it's kind of exciting, right? So I just think there's it's an exposure thing. And I think traditionally, uh, you know, we've been the little Aussie battlers and people have done these, you know, startup companies that they didn't know where they'd go and, you know, happened to build an empire out of it. And, yeah. You know, I just yeah. think, yeah, I think over time uh, that'll probably change. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Nick, why is it that you think that acquisition is such a killer growth strategy for business? Look, from, from what we see, we see a lot of clients growing businesses. That's what we do. We, we help finance growing businesses. And what we've seen um, of, of late is, is with, with, access to, with access to the right finance, companies are starting to realise that, look, if we, if we tap into a supplier, um, we can purchase a supplier and, and onboard their business and suddenly we've increased our margins, cut our costs, mm. or, or we, we take over a competitor and um, we now have a larger chunk of the market. They're realising that this, the, the purchasing businesses is such a, it's a, it's a rocket ship mm. to get to the end game as compared to a, as, as compared to a, a slow-moving truck. You know, we see, as, as Simon was saying, we see a lot of this in the, in the States um, they're a lot more advanced than what we are with respect to government policies and, and, and grants and, and even lending institutions, how they fund. But we're starting to see that now appear here in Australia. And um, with the right advice, it's, uh, you can tap into, into pretty much any type of funding opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So, and look, maybe that leads to the question, why fund rather than bring investors? Um, you know, why, what's the difference between debt and equity funding? You know, which is the best to go for? Nick, you probably have a perspective on this one, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> we get asked this question quite a lot. So a lot of transactions that we see actually come to us with people looking for investors. They're looking for equity funding, which is, uh, in essence, they're selling shares in their company for money to grow or to purchase or to improve their business in some in some form or function, that that can be very expensive going forward. When they have a company and the multiples that the value is um, has increased by 10, 50, 100 times, then that shareholder's equity has now increased by 10, 50 to 100 times. It's quite a it can be quite expensive. Do you know what that is? You are so spot on. Um, we have a deal going at the moment with uh, with a business who, it, during startup, decided to do a bit of a deal where rather than go um, and get funding, he gave equity to um, a, a number of uh, people who were throwing in some cash and also some services. Well, that business has just grown phenomenally and he now has a multi-million dollar issue to get rid of these shareholders. And with equity comes 
control issues quite often as well. Absolutely. And so, so we're having to grapple with some of these control issues right now um, for something that, you know, was his baby all along, but he just thought it seemed like a good idea at the time. I tell you what, what would have cost him, you know, uh, you know, maybe a hundred grand in funding initially is now costing him millions and millions. And so that just sort of rams home, uh, I, I guess, the issue. What's your thoughts on it all, Simon? Yeah, look, I think Nick Nick um, really made the point well. I mean, equity is always more expensive than debt, always, um, especially if you're on a growth trajectory. You know, and I think where you, you couple that with the fact that we're in, in a record period for low interest rates. Um, yes, don't get me wrong, we've been through COVID, we've had, you know, other funding challenges, which, which I'm sure Nick and his team would be able to assist with. But, you know, put aside some uh, sort of temporary issues there, you know, we've got low interest rates, we've got a government trying to stimulate growth and stimulate uh, more business. So, yeah, look, it's a, it's just a, it is overall a, a, a good environment to be looking at debt as opposed to giving away shares. And, yeah. and let's be honest, as you sort of pointed with your example, Joe, once the shares are gone, the shares are gone, right? Yeah. It'll cost you significantly to get it back. And and that issue of control is is a massive one. And, you know, I, I think all, all of us here have dealt with family businesses in the past. And I don't know about your experience, but I'd be interested about a lot of my clients went into business for themselves because they didn't want to answer to anyone else. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and they're not good at answering to other people. That's the other thing. Like, they're just not good at it. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it's really interesting. Okay, all right. So where I think we should go here is maybe let's talk, let's make this real. Let's talk about some examples we've seen in the market because I think that can really help our listeners uh, connect to what we're actually saying in a real sense. So, um. Maybe Simon, over to you. What um, what examples have you seen of this really kick off well? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, before I, I perhaps give some specific, you know, industry sector examples, stuff like that. I mean, the way we generally see things is there's a, a number of sort of acquisition sort of types, if you like, uh, out in the market. Um, you know, different sort of styles of player. Um, we see a lot of aggregators out there who, yeah. who I would call like private equity guys, right? You know, they see an opportunity in a particular sector. They buy maybe one company as a bit of a beachhead or foothold into that sector. Mm. And then they run around buying up the competition, right? And, and basically do a bit of a roll up um, with the view that there is an eventual exit. Mm. Um, and that might be going IPO. It might be doing another trade sale to a much larger, larger organization. And they're, they're very interesting. We, we can touch on some examples around that. Um, of course, other things you see is just the straight trade player, right? Mm-hmm. You have a business that's a manufacturer. They know there's a guy down the road or in another state over who does similar stuff and perhaps they're competing already. Um, so one buys the other. And that's they're, they're far more common, um, I would say. And, um, and yeah, and then, of course, you're seeing other types of, of acquisitions where it's more of a complementary play. And um, like if I was to give you an example of that, um, let's just say for a moment you manufactured tables and uh, down the road there's a guy who manufactures chairs. Uh, you don't buy and sell from each other and you don't compete with each other, but, geez, there's some synergy there, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of those companies acquiring the other would make a lot of sense. Um, they wouldn't just, you know, grow the overall revenue pie, but they'd get a lot of synergy cut costs, do a whole bunch of other things there as well. Mm-hmm. So there's probably just, a, I guess, kick it off. There's sort of three different types of segments that we see out there in the market at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay. And so, Nick, have you seen any examples in any of those sort of types of segments that um, Simon brilliantly set out for us? Absolutely. We see them every day. One of our clients currently, um, they manufacture frames for 
high end residential and and uh, small commercial. So yeah. wall frames, floor frames, and roof truss frames. Right. They have suppliers that that make those frames up outside of their factory. So there's only one thing that they do, and they have suppliers that provide them with, I guess, the the end result of what they're going to sell. That's what their suppliers do. So mm. the idea was to, hey, if we buy our suppliers, if we actually purchase those companies and with all of the equipment that that comes with, we can tack on their margin goes directly onto our margin and we reduce costs. We also synergize as we have this, this big product suite that we can sell to directly from our warehouse. So there was a huge increase in productivity decreasing costs and increasing profit in that business um, through those purchases. I love that as an example because one of the things that you were talking about, Simon, is about private equity or PE in the in the aggregator space. You know, but one of the things that I think is really important to point out is that each of those sectors that you're talking about, the aggregation or the you know the buying um, other strategic complementary businesses, whatever, it's all also this is available to smaller businesses as well, isn't it? And so, Nick, you've sort of you've given us a great example of how that can play out well for smaller businesses as well to take control of their supply chain and then you know bring them higher higher margin um but also you know potentially access to a wider client base um you you know because they're coming in at a different point of the funnel and certainly you know we act um for a number of aggregators but i'm just thinking one of our aggregators in particular what they do is and they started out quite small and they use traditional funding sources um um, you, you know, like the sort of funding um, that you can, you guys can organise, Nick. And they, what they did was they took um, that funding and they started buying small, small uh, medical practices. And what they were able to do out of that, because they were starting small, they were sort of taking a bite size, giving it a go, adding a few, another one in slowly. And so we, we moved them through and we're probably up to, you know, maybe eight or nine or 10 acquisitions for them now. But now they've got something really solid. And out of that, they can turn into something in a few years' time that maybe they can look at an IPO for. And then rather than them paying a multiple of two or three for a really small practice, they can now look at, you know, a multiple of 13 if they can IPO it or if they do a trade sale, it's a five times multiple. Now, if they're paying, you know, what's the interest rate at the moment, Nick, for businesses that you're dealing with in this area? <laughs> I love a, it. I like the laugh. The I think that's because it's good. Question. <laughs> uh, interest rates range from three to 50. Yeah, well, well, let's not take the fifty. Let's say though we we're closer to if the under. If you're sorry. buying, if you're buying a business and you're bank ready, then you're going to be looking in the sort of you know five through to sevens. Um, if you're if you're going private um, private money, i.e. non non banking money, then you're going to be looking sort of um, early to mid teens. Yeah. So, but let's say even early to mid teens, right? You're paying that for an acquisition on the basis of a th- two or three times multiple, but within a few years' time or five years' time, even you're able to roll it up for a trade sale and get a multiple of eight times. That's far more than the interest. I mean, you know, massively more than the interest you're paying, which, you know, oh, which absolutely. is why I think it's such a good 
strategy for business. Absolutely. And look, what happens is what we see, because we see a lot of these aggregations, um, they, they're constantly coming across a desk. What we see is that the initial funding to get that business connected is expensive. But once there's a track record, 12, 18 months, two years yeah. down the road, we can back that out with a major bank and significantly reduce the, the cost of capital. And that's about the strategy of it as well, right? The, the strategy yeah. of the approach. And so what about you, Simon? What, what, what else have you seen in this space that sort of has um, rocked your socks, thought, uh, you know, has been a really good way of playing this? Oh, look, we've seen deals in all of the categories that I talked about. Um, most recently, we've, we've had a number of deals in that aggregator space that we've seen also in the medical uh, and allied sort of health areas. Mm. Um, so there were some movements around in physio, there's been medical practices, dental, a whole bunch of things in that space. Um, but we're seeing some other interesting ones too that um, right through from consulting services in particular sectors, uh, logistics, right through to even uh, a really detailed AI strategy for a company that um, was basically, we, we'd identified about 117 different competitors globally and they really wanted to team up and see what they could do to go and acquire. Mm. So, yeah, really, really interesting stuff happening there. Of course, we do see a lot of the uh, typical old family business that's been around for 30, 40 years. They, they know the other family quite well. They compete, but, you know, it's... Uh, Perhaps a, let's call it a respectful competition, and, <laughs> and and you know what? Some of those deals often just come around too by them actually lifting the phone and going, "I'm I'm done. You want to buy? Because <laughs> because you all want this more than anyone else, right? And of yeah, course, then yeah. they actually need to get their good advice, somebody to help run the, the transaction, somebody to fund it, and somebody to manage the legals and make sure everyone's getting what they're buying, right? Yeah, yeah. We see that. This is the children once they take over, the parents move up and the kids come in and they merge them together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, well, it's a different, different stage, different sort of, uh, different outlook on it all, right? You know, the next generation will see things differently, and technology's changed, yep. and the world's changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it for part one of our two-part series, all about why business acquisition is a killer growth strategy. I hope you found today's podcast useful and informative. And if you'd like more information about the topic, then just head to the show notes, which you can see in the podcast play that you are using at the moment to listen to this podcast, or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com. Now, there at that website, you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode if you'd like to read it in more detail, if you're a detail-oriented person. Um, but at our website, we will also have details of how you can book in to our webinar talking all about nailing the strategy of growth through acquisition. We have that webinar running really soon after launch of this podcast episode. And so it might be that when you're listening to this podcast episode, you miss out on that webinar live, but don't worry, just head to the show notes and we'll give you details of how you can access that recording of the webinar if you'd like to catch up on the event and learn a bit about the strategy of growing through acquisition. Now, back to our show notes um, and our website, we have linked through to the fabulous Simon Bedard at Exit Advisory. And we'll also link straight through Nick Wormald at Grow Capital. 
And on our website, you'll also find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you or your clients would like to discuss any legal aspects of sales or acquisitions. We've got a number of great services that help businesses prepare for exit or for acquisition. And certainly, we have a lot of experience in helping guide businesses through this whole topic of acquisition for growth. So don't hesitate to book in a free initial discussion with our legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you'd like to discuss how we might be able to assist you um, in your acquisition or your exit. Well, that's it for today's episode. Please don't forget to come back and listen to part two, where we finalize our discussion about this great topic, all about acquisition as a killer growth strategy. In part two, we look at the importance of understanding a broader scope of the market when dealing with acquisitions. We talk about how buyers can clearly understand their funding requirements both for the acquisition and for the future requirements of the business. And we also share a whole heap of actionable tips and real case studies as examples of businesses who have very successfully implemented this as a strategy for growth in their business. So we look forward to joining you in part two. But until then, thanks for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Many SMEs spent years or even decades trudging the path of the slow slog of organic growth without understanding the powerful opportunities available from a merger or acquisition that can deliver years of growth in a single signature. At Aspect Legal, we have joined forces with Simon Bedard, the founder and CEO of Exit Advisory, and Nick Wormel, the managing director of Grow Capital, to provide an insight into the secret source of why acquisitions can be such a killer growth move. Now, in this webinar all about nailing the strategy of growth through acquisition, we break down the considerations needed to plan your high growth strategy around an acquisition. So if you think acquisition might be a really useful growth strategy for your organization, then simply head to the show notes for this episode of the podcast, and you will see a link straight through to the registration page for this event, Nailing the Strategy of Growth Through Acquisition. And fear not, if you have missed the live webinar, don't worry, we'll also have a link through to you to be able to register to get access to a recording of the webinar. So once again, you can find that link in the show notes to this podcast or over on our website, www.thedealroompodcast.com and look for this podcast episode under the title of Why Acquisition is a Killer Growth Strategy. And you'll find this episode and a link straight through to either the live webinar that you can register for or the webinar recording if, um, as I said, you missed the live event. We really hope to be able to see you at the webinar. Ladies and gentlemen. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au.